Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is the creator of the Stanky Leg Dance. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the captain. Howdy, partner. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today, we are enjoying a little bit of this rebellion from the good peeps over at Yellow Hammer Brewing. Rebellion is an amber red ale. It's a hybrid. Rebellion drinks smooth like a lager, but it's brewed with German ale yeast, so it's got a little hoppy bitterness to it. Garage grade three and three quarter bottle caps out of five. And let's give some thanks and praise to our friends for helping us fill up the old garage fridge for this week's show. First up, a shout out to John Windholes in South St. Paul, Minnesota. And last but certainly not least, Captain, we have a triple cheers that goes out to Abby, Ross, and Lexi in Alexandria, Virginia. Everyone we just mentioned, they went to truecrimegarage.com, clicked on the pint glass, and helped us out with this week's beer fund. And for that, well, we thank you. Yeah, B-W-E-R-U-N, beer run. Make sure you check out truecrimegarage.com, and while you're there, sign up on the mailing list. Also, you want to help out the show? Give us a five-star review in the Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to True Crime Garage. And Colonel, that's enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Many of us will face challenges, struggles, and battle against it. And some of us will have to do that alone. Some of us will do that completely alone. Kyla Bobo was 32 years of age when she went missing two years ago. She would be 34 today. Kyla was reported missing by her family in St. Clair County, Alabama. Alone. Is that how she felt that night? when her challenge came to battle. Or perhaps that is how she was feeling for so very long. It's been two years. Where is she? I think there are several people in St. Clair County that know where she is and why she's been missing for this long. I think they have told others. There have been many looking for Kyla, and the search continues. But this case is not immune to criticism and skepticism. Some have voiced a critique of the Sheriff's Department. Some have voiced their skepticism of the persons surrounding this case, mainly the persons that come into play on the very night that Kyla disappeared. Some have even stated criticism for the victim herself. But fighting for justice is not about choosing which victims to advocate for. It's about choosing to fight for them all. This is True Crime Garage, and this is the missing persons case Kyla Bobo. Baby. 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 
There are always so many mysteries that surround the many disappearances covered here in the missing persons true crime stories on True Crime Garage. Oftentimes, that is the main reason that the person is still missing. There's just too many mysteries, too many blanks on the timeline. But there is something suspiciously different, I feel, about this case. Here, we find the details about the movements, persons involved, and the events during the day and night in question to be vague. I find them to be conveniently vague. Kyla Bobo was 32 years old when she went missing at the end of January, just two years ago. This story is out of the quaint town of Chula Vista, Alabama, located in St. Clair County, Alabama. Some other areas of importance could be the towns and cities of Moody, Leeds, Odenville, Margaret, Pell City, Talladega, Springville, Asheville, and Birmingham. Kyla Bobo has varying degrees of ties to each of these locations. They are all, for the most part, nearby cities. This is in the middle of Alabama, sort of the northeastern part. The investigating agency here, Captain, is the St. Clair County Sheriff's Office. And as at least one source puts it, the Criminal Investigation Division of St. Clair County Sheriff's Office has characterized the Kyla Bobo missing persons case as intricate, though they have refrained from divulging further particulars. The sheriff's office did an official press release with information about Kyla to the public early in the investigation, but for a large part of the time since, they have been very quiet. Some fear a little too quiet. The following information is from that press release. And it states, the St. Clair County Criminal Investigation Division continues their investigation into missing person Kyla Bobo. She was last seen in the Chula Vista area in late January 2022. Kyla Bobo is described as a Caucasian woman, 32 years of age at the time of her disappearance. So she would be 34 today, five foot five inches tall, about 120 pounds, brown hair, brown eyes. And she has a tattoo of her name, Kyla, on the back of her right shoulder blade. It's thought that when she was last seen that she was wearing blue jeans, a pink jacket, and black flip-flops. There's been little in the way of media coverage and publicity for Kyla's case. And as far as the circumstances of her disappearance, the story has been and remains short and sweet, as they say, or vague and haunting, as we say. And here we go. Kyla left from a friend's house Sunday night, January 30th, 2022. She was picked up by an individual who claims to have dropped Kyla off at her boyfriend's house, but the boyfriend claimed that she never showed up. Anyone with any information that could help investigators locate Kyla should contact investigator Matthew Cohn at 205-884-3333. So that's it. That's the story. That's it, and that's all, folks, but not so fast, because your boys did some cracking, and we were able to put together a little bit of a timeline. The captain and the colonel, we've been a crack a lacking Cracking some heads, and when you yes, go in on, your face. when you go online and you look up the story, that's pretty much what you're going to find, is that Kyla left her friend's house, got a ride with a guy, guy says he dropped her off at the boyfriend's house 
boyfriend says she never showed up. Now we have a mystery. Well, let's go back before that and see if we can fill in some of the blanks and really expand on this timeline and the known events of that evening, the evening in question. In the last year, this case has been one of the most recommended cases to look into, I think, because there's so much lack of information. People wonder, is law enforcement doing a good job? Why don't we have more information? We have a bunch of people that are concerned about what happened to her. So this is one that, like I said, comes highly recommended from listeners. Kyla Bobo is born September 28th, 1989. She grows up with a brother and sister. Kyla's dad spent some time working as a police officer. Growing up, Kyla is described as really fun. She's described as a really fun kid and fun person. One person telling us, quote, she was just the most fun person. She played softball as a youngster and was on a couple of dance teams. Kyla was close with her sister, Anna. Now, after high school, Kyla kind of fell into the wrong crowd. This would later dramatically change her life and the direction of her life. Right around the time that Kyla turns 30, she moves in with her boyfriend. Now, this guy, he's a little bit younger than Kyla. His name is Blake. This was a long-term situation, a long-term relationship. In fact, Kyla and Blake lived together for about two years, living together in a house. This is Blake's house, and for at least a portion of that time, there is a roommate that shared the dwelling with them. Maybe even for the entirety of that two years. That part, I'm a little unclear of. Now, even though Kyla is out on her own, and even though she's living in a different city than several of her family members, she does stay in regular contact with her family. And that will be, and we know this from studying other missing persons cases, that will be one of the key factors here when things start to go wrong. Yeah, so if you're thinking... Right now, maybe I should message my mother more, message my father more. You should, because it helps law enforcement also put together a timeline just in case something happens. And mommy and daddy miss you. This is going to take us to Thursday, January 27th, 2022. Kyla and Blake, they have some kind of argument. Now, we don't know the exact details or particulars of this argument, but it sounds to me, Captain, from people that we spoke to, is that the two, again, this is a long-term relationship. They've been living together for over two years. Sounds to me like the two kind of needed a break. And turns out that Kyla, she knows that two of her girlfriends are living at a place on a street called Cane Creek Drive. So Cane Creek Drive, this is in Pell City. So she decides to go and visit them. And she wants to see if she can stay there with her girlfriends for a while. Right. Okay. So Pell City is going to play a major role in this true crime story. This is a larger city, larger than Chula Vista. And it's a few miles east and a little more than 12,000 people are living there. So like we said, she's staying in a house with her boyfriend, but she's going to go visit her friends, possibly to stay. But this is kind of a... I would say unique 
situation? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. So the way that I understand it here, Captain, is it's a larger property. Well, at least large enough for there to be a house and a trailer on the property. So the property owner, the person in charge there, his name is Norman. And he's renting a trailer on the property to these two females. Kyla goes, she knows the girls, and she goes and sees if she can stay there for a while. Now, for a while is undetermined. We don't know what her intentions were, how long she intended to stay there, but we do know that she does spend several nights there. This is based off of what the women will later tell law enforcement. So on the 27th of January, 2022, she has an argument with her boyfriend, longtime boyfriend, leaves his place goes and stays with these two women. Now, where things turn bad for our timeline is she's last seen on January 30th. So that would put her there, what, about three nights before she's last seen. Mm -hmm. And the way that this story shakes out is that sometime between the hours of 9 and 10 p.m. on January 30th, she catches a ride with a guy. And it sounds like this ride is at her request that she reached out to him. Hey, we don't know exactly what was said, but she asked him to come and pick her up. He does. And then as we already heard, as the story goes, the narrative that follows is what we've been told for two years now. He says he picked her up. He agrees to that, but he says he dropped her back off at her house that she shared with Blake, her boyfriend. Blake tells law enforcement, no, 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 that never happened. I never saw her again after she left on the 27th. So the problem with this story is that somebody's not telling the truth. Exactly. One of both of these persons cannot be telling the truth. So your, your reason for her missing lies with one of these two people. As far as I'm concerned, either the guy that gave her the ride, who knows where they go or Yes, he did drop her off and the boyfriend did something. And I don't think it's wrong for people to question the boyfriend because, look, that would there's some motive there. Are they having some issues? Is she trying to leave him? Does he think she's trying to leave him? Is she saying, hey, I'm going to go stay with my friends, and he's saying, hey, that's not cool with me? That would give some sort of motive there. Yeah, yeah, and you have to wonder, like, oh, she's been out for three nights it's easy to assume that he thinks she's out running around and may have a big problem with that. Or what's up with this guy that picks her up? So what do we know? The The good thing here is that we have some witnesses, right? We have her friends that she was staying with that, that would appear to have some information. Now, this is public knowledge. You have to do a little digging, but if you dig deep enough, this is public knowledge. So the man that picks her up is an acquaintance of hers, and his name is Maxwell. And we know this because the two women she's staying with, they kind of know Maxwell or at least know from Kyla telling them that that's who's picking her up that night. So the answer into her disappearance lies with Maxwell or the boyfriend Blake. Unfortunately here, Captain, and you know this, but to bring the listeners in a little bit closer, we spoke to a bunch of people 
about this case. Well, that's the Kraken you're talking about. That's the Kraken. What's unfortunate is not one of them told us that they expect to find her, that they think no. that she just walked away. In fact, there's rumor going around in this area, Chula Vista and Pell City, of what happened. And the short part of that is that it's a mystery, but it's believed by all persons, including law enforcement, that she was met with foul play and somebody has concealed her body somewhere. Well, and like the listeners know, the captain loves a good mystery. You have cases like Brian Schaefer or Mara Murray where there's possibilities that maybe they ran off to start a new life. It's tr Those cases are truly missing person cases to me. This case to me is not a missing person case. It's a missing body case that's very sad to say. But this is a murder investigation as far as I'm concerned. Well, and what's really sad for the families and all the persons that knew Kyla is it sounds like there was hope early on in this investigation. So how do we know that she goes missing, right? Because the tricky part here is Maxwell, the person that gave her the ride, picks her up that night. He doesn't report her missing. No. Later when he talks to police, he says, well, I dropped her off at Blake's house. Then the flip side of that coin is Blake did not report her missing either. He says, you know, she took off on the 27th, said that she was going to go stay elsewhere. I never saw her again. Who reported her missing? Well, as we said, she is picked up by Maxwell between 9 and 10 p.m. on January 30th. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. Kyla's grandmother passes away on February 1st. And as we said, even though she lives in a neighboring city from most of her family, she stays in regular contact. Well, her family reached out to her and said, hey, you know, grandmother passed away, trying to fill her in on the details. Kyla never responds to any of those messages. The services for her grandmother take place on February 7th. So family is reaching out to Kyla. Hey, this is where the services will be. This is what time, the date, such right. and such. They never hear back and she never shows up to any of the memorial services well and like you said i mean the february 1st to the 7th six day window trying to get a hold of a family member man i'd be freaking out well and this is going to be where the police are going to get involved because after she doesn't show up to grandmother's memorial service her family reports that she's missing they believe something has happened there's no way that she would have missed that. So now police have to get involved. They go and they talk to Blake. Blake says, I don't know. She took off. She went and she was staying elsewhere. That quickly leads police to the girlfriend's place where she was staying for a couple of nights. And then that leads them to Maxwell, who picked her up on the 30th. Well, if I'm law enforcement, I'm sitting down this guy, Blake. I'm pulling a keel and peel, right? We're going to go, Blake. What do you know? What aren't you telling us? Blake. Where is she? Were you upset that she was going to leave? 
Were you upset that she's going to take some time apart from you? Well, and police are going to be a little suspicious of Blake because, as I understand it, he did agree and allow them to search the house and his property. Mm -hmm. They don't come up with any leads based off of that, but then they ask him to take a polygraph test. And from my understanding, Captain, he agrees to the polygraph, but fails to show up for the scheduled (laughs) polygraph. (laughs) Well, that's called not agreeing to it. but Exactly. Look, don't want to throw Blake under the bus because we've talked about this before. There's no win in taking the polygraph. If I pass it, people go, well, it's junk science and you can't use it in the court of law. And then if I fail it, then people are saying, well, he's guilty. No matter how well uh, of the technician or how, how well of the test you know, how, how well of the expertise the person giving me the test. So it could be just a shitty investigator and I failed the test. So there's no win. So I don't want to throw Blake under the bus because he didn't show up for a polygraph test. Yeah. I don't know that I would, if, if you are in the suspect category, you said it perfectly. There is no win this, this for the right team of detectives is not going to exclude me. If I pass the polygraph now, I do think that it shows something uh, on his end of agreeing to a search. You know, he didn't require them to get a search warrant from my understanding. He said, yeah, you can search the house. You can search the property. I don't, I don't know where she is. Yeah. But if you know that the crime didn't happen there and that she's not there, then go ahead. Search a big deal. Chris Watts comes to mind. (laughs) Well, she's not here. So why don't you? Take a look around. So it sounds like this is going to be a good case for law enforcement, right? We have the situation where we already have several leads. We have Blake that we talked to. We have Maxwell that we talked to. We have the ladies that she was staying with. But we don't have any report on whether they offered Maxwell um, lie detector. Do we? We don't, but I'm going to make the very short leap. I think that it's not difficult to believe that if they requested a polygraph of Blake, they probably requested a polygraph of the other guy who might've been the last person to see her. Yeah. I'd agree with you. I, you know, law enforcement tends to do things across the board. And so that's why I believe that they asked Maxwell to take a polygraph. The unfortunate part of this story though, is if that is true, I don't know if he took it, if he agreed to take it or how he did on the test. Now from the people that we spoke to, and I'm just guessing here guys, but from the people we spoke to, it sounds to me like Maxwell's cooperative to the point of, I picked her up. We hung out. I dropped her off at Blake's. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. That's the level of cooperation that I gather that he's offering here. So little to no cooperation. Right. And see, that becomes the problem with this case, right? You, you mm-hmm. it looks like a good story. looks like a good case for law enforcement where they, they get this missing person's case. We might be able to find her because we have these leads. We have Blake, we have Maxwell, we have the girlfriends that she's staying with. We have people that we can talk to. We can start putting together a timeline and uh, figure out maybe where she was or who was the actual last person to see her. 
But the problem then for your investigation becomes this. Everybody has their story. Everybody sticks to it. Well, if everybody's telling the truth, then poof, she just vanished into thin air. And we know that's Mm -hmm. not what happened here. So one of these people, or maybe more, is not giving us the full story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. It takes you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. You'll step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Use your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. And customize your very own luxurious estate island. Think expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. Collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. And You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. 
Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. All right, we are back to the windows, to the walls, onward and upward. Cheers to the people in the front. Cheers to you, Colonel. Cheers to you and cheers to the people in the back. Mm-hmm. And how about the people in the middle? And to all the people crack a lacking. <laughs> so there is a reward for information in this case. $5,000 has been put up by a local company called the line of fire they're in the town of moody alabama and from my understanding i believe they're like a gun range or a gun store that has put up five thousand dollars to for information that will lead to the the location that will lead them to finding kyla bobo now the unfortunate part of this story is as we covered in the first half is that everybody's saying that we are looking for her body at this point we believe that she's been met with foul play and we need to recover evidence and figure out who the last person was to have seen her because that may lead us to the answers as to what happened to this poor young woman she's just 32 years old man she would have been 34 today So this case is still relatively new, still a little bit fresh. Usually we're covering cold cases here in the garage, but this is a newer one and one that was recommended to us. And several people reached out and said, hey, guys, would you look into it? Well, what we find is some interesting leads here. The local rumor is that she may have been placed in a well somewhere. That's the rumor that's been swirling around this area since her disappearance. Now, police are going to get their first, I wouldn't say their first lead captain, but the first of what is probably several strange leads. This comes in a couple months after Kyla's missing. So police get this tip that Kyla was seen in a yard on a property that is near Camp Winnetoska. So Camp Winnetoska is this huge nature preserve. It's it's incredibly large. We're talking many acres. But there are a couple of properties that kind of back up to this Camp Winnetoska. That's how the tip comes in. The tip comes in saying that she was spotted in a yard of a property that backs up to this camp. Now, what's interesting about this tip is going to be that the rumors going around town later will be that she was placed in a well or buried on a property near this same camp. So who knows if this rumor comes out of this tip or if the tip comes from the rumor, it's the chicken or the egg situation, but What we do know is police do follow up on this tip. They go out and they speak to the property owner and they don't find anything. Now, the troubling thing about this tip here, and this is 
this is one thing that I was extremely curious about because this tip comes in a couple of months after she's already been missing. Mm -hmm. The tip is I saw her in a yard at this property. That's it. That's all. That's the entirety of the tip. So I asked several people, I said, well, what does that mean that the person said that I saw her today, which is two or three months after she's been missing on this yard in this yard? Or did you see her? Or did I see her two or three months ago in this yard and didn't know that she was missing till I saw a flyer? So this person sees the flyer. This tip makes its way to the police. The tipster passes away to get whatever this tipster told police remains between them and the police. And we don't have further detail on that because unfortunately that person's not around for us to talk to today. Well, and just to be clear, I mean, are they saying that they saw her body or did, did they say that they saw her alive? They see her dead or is it just simply, I saw her in a yard is that implying that she was dead? Well, it's a bit of a mixed bag here because the people that I spoke to, they all firmly believe that she's saying, I saw her alive. You know, and my mm. follow up questions are, well, what do you mean out in the yard? Was there a party? Was she hanging out with other people that could be identified? Was she just out on the front porch smoking a cigarette by herself? You know, what's what's the details? Right. Unfortunately, none of nobody knows the details. Now it's believed by all parties that they're saying that Kyla was alive and well when this tipster saw her, mm-hmm. the, did she have any interaction with her? That part we don't know, but what I found interesting was there was at least one person that took the tip to mean or, or believe the tip meant that she had saw her recently, not, mm. not two months ago, not three months ago, which I don't know how much faith I put in that. Uh, look, it's one person's opinion. It's one person's belief. It's just as good as mine. But the the reason why I don't tend to lean that way is the fact that we've been told by many people she kept in contact, constant contact with her family. Grandmother mm-hmm. passes away. I don't think that if she if she if everything is normal and everything's going as normal for Kyla unless somebody's stopping her from doing so, it sounds to me like she would have kept in contact with her family. Yeah, very strange situation. And and I, I think one could make an argument if you're looking into this case, you go, well, I guess you could make an argument that there's some evidence that she wanted to start over or get out of the situation that she's in. I don't think that's evidence of wanting to disappear or to lose connection with family members. I don't think we have any evidence of that. And I, and I also think because of the rumors that are coming out and a lot of the chatter that that's what leads law enforcement and others involved in this case to think that she's just not around anymore. Well, and the problem here too, captain for investigators and for the community and at large would be drugs have really, done a number on this area and it started with methamphetamines and now it's continuing with fentanyl and a lot of the people in Kyla's social circle right they have 
addiction problems with methamphetamine. Kyla, unfortunately, did as well. She struggled with addiction. And so what you have here, Captain, is when you're trying to do these cases, you have to talk with family and friends and fan out from there. Now, Mm -hmm. there's no problem with the family here, but once you get to the friends portion of this story and this case for the investigators, you're going, okay, well, every person I talk to, I believe that they have a drug problem. And so I don't think that, you know, detectives are very good at, at a gut feeling if someone's telling them the truth or not. And that will oftentimes lead them and lead their investigation, lead them on their hunt for evidence and for answers. The problem when you find a circle of people that are all involved in illegal activity mm-hmm. is you can't figure out a, you, a detective, even the best detective oftentimes cannot sort out is this person lying to me because they did something to Kyla or not being upfront with me because they're involved in other illegal activity that has nothing to do with Kyla. And I think that became the problem early on in this investigation for the detectives, because I think they had a lot to work with, with all the rumors that were going on in this area. You, we, you know, we have rumors in other cases. You don't have rumors like this, that she's on a property near this camp, Winnetoska, maybe in a well. And then some of the rumors are even more detailed that the well is near power lines and police go out the sheriff's department, St. Clair Sheriff's Department. They go out and they find properties that match that vague description. What what they're a little cagey about what what law enforcement will and will not stay or sorry will not say here is okay. Of all these properties out there, we searched them. We searched some of them. Who consented to a search and who did not consent to a search? Because then you start going, well, if so, if so and so won't consent to the search, and their property has markings that line up with the rumors that we're hearing in town. Is this person involved in something or are they just a stubborn homeowner that doesn't want anybody snooping around on their property? Yeah, not, you know, I hate to go against you, but, you know, if you read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Talking to Strangers, I, I look, I think the evidence points away from this idea that we we can have a sense of whether or not we know if somebody's telling the truth. Um, they did a lot of tests on law enforcement. I even believe some FBI agents as well and did tests with actors, obviously, you know, saying, well, I'm going to tell you the truth or I'm going to tell you lies and they failed the test. So, but I think it becomes even more complex here because like you said, we have people with drug addiction. And so then the question then becomes too, well, okay, we're looking for, we think there was foul play. Well, is that murder or is that there was a overdose and the foul play is that we got rid of the body and we, we didn't go to law enforcement and tell them what happened. Yeah. And the other thing that makes this a tricky case, and this might steer you away from the boyfriend a little bit. Again, remember he consented to the search. He allowed his home and property to be searched by police. 
We do know that the family went there afterwards after she's missing to collect a bunch of her things. So if there was anything obvious pointing to signs that something happened to Kyla there, they, they would have seen it. And that doesn't seem to be the case. Now I will say this, I have spoke to at least one person that says the boyfriend's actions are a little weird because he seemed to be cooperative in the beginning. And then, as we said, doesn't show up to the polygraph and then, seem to move on rather quickly with his life. Yeah, but hold on a second though. Let's let's just say what do we know? We know that there's rumors circulating and is it possible that he's cooperating with police and he starts hearing these rumors and he goes, "Oh, something bad has happened." And the fear of them trying to pin it on him. And that would be enough reason. Or if he started talking to people in his life and, and they said, hey, look, I know you care about her and everything. I know you want to cooperate, but you need to protect yourself. The other people here, the other people involved, the guy that she is picked up by. So th- what's interesting about this lead, if I'm an investigator, is not only the girlfriends that she's staying with say, okay, this is the guy that picked her up that night. He remember, he agrees. Yeah, I picked her up that night, dropped her off at her boyfriend's house. They also find some communications with him, I believe, through like Facebook Messenger that uh, arranging for him to come pick her up that night. So it's it's confirmed by all parties. Plus, it's written somewhere for them to review that. So there's that lead. Now, the guy that picked her up, Maxwell or Max, as many people call him, he has a history of violence. You do a background check on him and you figure out rather quickly, he's not a very good dude. He's not a nice guy. And then through this Facebook messenger, they also get another lead about a guy named Larry that she may have been running around with this guy, Larry, at some point Mm -hmm. between the time that she leaves the boyfriend's house and is picked up by Max Larry as well. I don't know. The problem here is I can't sort out if Larry and Max know each other. But Larry, not a great guy either. He's got not violent behavior in his background, but breaking a lot of laws, a lot of like theft, burglary, that kind of stuff. And then you have sort of the icing on the cake of of your troubled investigation is Norman. So he owns the property where these girls, these women are staying. Young women are staying in the trailer. I'm guessing he's renting the trailer to them. Kyla goes and stays with her girlfriends there for a couple of nights. We know that at least three nights that she stayed there. Her friends share her same struggles. Again, as an investigator, you're interviewing all these people and you're probably not getting the whole story from everybody. Maybe even the boyfriend's giving you the whole story. But I don't think that they feel like they're getting the the entire story from all the other parties that saw her in those days leading up to when she's last seen. So, so far we have Blake, and then we have the guy that picked her up, Maxwell. Then we have this other individual that seems like she had some kind of relationship with Larry, and then the owner of the property in which her friends were staying on, Norman. But then also, I think you could, again, make the case if we have people with one criminal histories or people that are using 
methamphetamines, again, I, I go back to the idea that did something happen? Did they party too hard? And then, hey, we got to get rid of this body or we could get in trouble. Well, and we know that police did a, I, I, I don't want to say that it was a detailed search of this Camp Winnetoska because, again, it's such a large area that it would be very difficult to do a grid search. It would take who knows how long it would take. But what we do know is that when they when they start hearing these rumors that that her body's up around there somewhere, either in Camp Winnetoska or on a property nearby, we do know that they go up there with ATVs and they're out there riding around doing a, a search looking for anything that's obvious. So they did travel a good amount of land looking for her. And we do know that there was some searches that were conducted on properties near this Camp Winnetoska. Again, we don't know which properties were searched and which properties they were turned away from, but we do know right. that they did search some of these properties. And the reason why I keep going back to this is because it's the rumors. We've seen this in multiple cases that we've covered. Some of these cases expand out 10, 12, 15, 20 years, where early on in the investigation, there is some swirling rumor about what happened to somebody. And then that rumor eventually dies down because there's investigating efforts that take place. People clear people, police clear people, police look at other suspects, they move on to other leads. And then when the case finally breaks and they finally get that break that they need and they close out the case, they make an arrest. It's been what, like 75 to maybe even up to 90% of those cases that we look back in the rearview mirror and in retrospect, we go, holy shit, that rumor that was going around at the beginning of this case, there was mm -hmm. a lot of truth to that. There was a There's lot of truth to that. Yeah. That's right. It's hairy and scary, and but it could be real. And what's, what's scary here, there was also a rumor swirling about that there are a couple guys living together on a large property near this Camp Winnetoska. Mm -hmm. And the rumor is that they kept girls there, that they, th th they would find women with, with a drug problem, right? abduct them or take them out there willingly. And then against their will, hold them there. Right. Use drugs as a way to sedate them. And this sounds like yeah. some true detective stuff, right? Straight out of HBO. But unfortunately it does happen. Now we don't know if there's any truth to that. This is just a rumor at this point, but the problem with this rumor, and it goes back to, that instinct, that that belief that we have, that we've experienced because we've experienced it several times, where there's there ends up being truth at the end of the day when they solve the case in those early rumors, and this rumor, this rumor has ties to the other stories, right? It's a property right. near this Camp Winnetoska, and this this is all in this general Pell City area, and the 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 thing here is why it makes you believe that there's truth here is that it's not one person saying this. It's dozens of people saying that, Oh, she's buried somewhere in Pell city. The answers are in Pell city. Well, and I think what you're pointing out here is that it's not a separate rumor. You could take the first rumors and connect it to then this rumor that doesn't have to be separate. It, both could be happening at the same time. Well, and here's the thing too. If, if you have, it sounds to me like a lot of people have information 
about this case. It sounds to me like while we may have a lot of people that have heard something or know something, they were told something, they don't have any direct involvement in this case. I think the hindrance of people reaching out to police with good information to the sheriff's department with good information in this case is that some of them have been involved in illegal activities. You got to keep in mind, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you have information, call the sheriff's department because here's the way that it works. You see the sign on the door that says homicide. That's all we're concerned about. We're not concerned about you bought some meth or, or you did a little bit of meth. It's like the NFL playoffs, right? You, the, the referees get together before the game and they and say, they do math. we call the felonies. We're going to let the misdemeanors go. Right. So if, if you got information, all they care about is finding Kyla. They will turn away. They'll turn a blind eye to your misdemeanor activities that you've been doing. Well, and like you said, I, I'm just going to put this out. This, this is my belief from communications when you have so many people talking about these rumors i think one of the things that is going probably right for law enforcement is we have people that have a drug history that creates loose lips and i think people have talked i think law enforcement actually has a lot more information and look again one of the reasons why we're covering this case is people said hey there's all these people talking and why isn't this case being covered and, and why isn't law enforcement doing their due diligence? But hold on a second. Maybe they are, maybe they're building a case and now to finish the piece of the puzzle, because we know it's hard to convict somebody. It's harder to convict somebody if you don't have a body. And I think the other issue too, is where did they dump the body are they able to recover the body? Are they able to then move the body to a different location? So is law enforcement playing a little bit of a cat and mouse game with these murderers? Well, and we, we talked about drugs. And so if that is involved in all of this, now I did, we did talk to at least one source that did say, look, she did have enemies. She, Kyla did have people that were, upset with her. Um, they don't know exactly why their guess would be. Maybe she, she had stole from them or they're owed, maybe owed some money to someone, but regardless of the motivation here, we have these stories about where she may be. And I'm glad that you said some of that there, captain, because the general belief here and feeling and I kind of felt this way too when I first started looking into Kyla's case. The general belief is that, well, here's this young woman. She's kind of in drug, kind of involved in drugs and other drug related activities with these other people. And the sheriff's department, yeah, they did a little searching for her, but they've been quiet ever since. And that's because they just don't care. They, you know, it's, it's a moral issue. We got other cases to work. We got other victims that we're prioritizing over Kyla in this case. And that is some of the belief here. Some people firmly believe that about this case. And like I said, I kind of thought that I thought I had my suspicions about that early on, but then I, 
really started digging and talking to more people. And now I, I've changed my song and dance here. I think, I think you are right there, Captain. I think that while people say that they've been a little too quiet, the sheriff's department, I think it's not because they're not doing anything. I think it's because they're uncovering stuff. They're uncovering stuff and they're, they are working the case. Well, and like I said, if you have individuals that have a substance abuse problem, that's also leverage that law enforcement can use sometimes to get more information. Oh, well, guess what? We, we picked you up on this charge. Oh, you know more about this rumor. You know a couple of details. Okay, maybe that doesn't lead us to the body, but that leads us closer to uh, a resolution. So we're going to turn, like you said, turn a blind eye to the criminal charge of possession or whatever they end up picking up these individuals. So these drug circles, even, even in big cities, sometimes the drug circle is smaller. So you can, like I said, I think you just got loose lips because you have substance abuse problems. Yeah. And unfortunately methamphetamine remains the number one cause of violent crimes committed in this general area in this region right. so the, the but here here's garage detective 101 for everybody out there armchair sleuthing um the evidence is what is should lead you right the evidence is what leads your investigation for a detective the other thing that leads an investigation for detective detectives is lies Right, you you follow the evidence. You also follow the lies. Who is lying? What are they lying about, and why? The problem here that complicates your case. This ain't a hill. This is a mountain of a case. On the surface, it looks like there's very little narrative, very little story here, very little information. Underneath, what you have is you have a whole social circle filled with little lies. Some of them are probably because these people know what happened. They were directly involved with the disappearance of Kyla Bobo. The other ones are little white lies covering their tracks, not telling you everything about what they do on a regular basis or who they associate with and why. So the trouble here for the detectives is when you're tra when you're tracking down those lies and you're sorting out who is telling me the truth and who is not and why here they got a little extra legwork to do a little extra legwork and I think that's why I'm hoping anyway we don't know for certain but I hope that that's the case that they are building a case they've sorted through a lot of the muck in the mire here and they're they're honing in on not just the location where she could be but who's responsible? When if you saw something, say something. Do the right thing. She had a family that loved her. She had friends that loved her. They deserve to know what happened to her. Yeah, and, and look here, you don't... A victim is a victim is a victim, right? We don't just push aside a victim because they had some struggles or they had some issues. Right. Do, does anybody want to put their hand up and say, I don't have any issues. I don't have any struggles because if you put your hand up, you might be lying or lying to yourself. We all have struggles. We all have issues. And I have a thank you leg. <laughs> mm. I, I got regrets. Yeah, I got them. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So Kyla, just like the captain said, she loved and she was loved. And so let's help out her family. Let's help out the sheriff's department. Let's help out the people that, that knew and cared about Kyla. If you know something, it's time to come up, come off that information, heal your soul, make your own soul feel better. Do it, do it for selfish reasons. Tell, pass on that information. We, we don't care about the misdemeanors. We're only looking for felonies. The sign on the wall says homicide. That's all we care about. So reach out to the St. Clair Sheriff's Office. The current detective in charge is Detective Matthew Cohn. You can reach out to the St. Clair Sheriff's Department and reach out to Detective Cohn by calling 205-884-3333. want to thank everybody for joining us here in the garage each and every week for everything true crime check out truecrimegarage.com and check out our recommended reading page and until next week be good be kind and don't litter